don't speak I know just what you're thinking Good morning. Good morning. That was very loud. Yeah. What doing? did you just say, Amy? Oh, well, I, I just looked at Twitter before we started recording and uh, Boris Johnson is the front runner to be our next prime minister and making him the 20th old Etonian, old Etonian to become the British prime minister. And I have feelings about this and not enough time to express them. It's very confusing, isn't it? How yeah. these incompetent arseholes keep... And there's so many incompetent arseholes. I get so emotional, baby. When I think about an arsehole, you are... And there's also like people really liking this Rory guy. And I'm like, he's still a Tory. His voting record is still... Abysmal. abysmal. Thank you. I just, I just want... I just hope that, you know... I, in the wise words of Joe Brand, we all take to the streets with battery acid and I kill mean, them all. She's apparently, this is apparently being assessed by the police now. Yet, another Hate MP crime. could say he, he, he wouldn't even rape someone. Or oh, he was a potential MEP, wasn't he? He said he wouldn't even rape Je- uh, Jess Phillips and apparently that's okay. And then he got oh, defended. Geez. And then Faraj can defend Anne Widdicombe about her comments about gay people. And yet... And yet. And yet. And yet. Joe Brand is a national fucking treasure, you yeah. dickheads. Get your hands off her. <sighs> Remember what she used to call herself at the fringe? Ledge. The sea monster. Great. Love, Love her. Love her. Love her. Um, what are you, what, how are you? Apart from that? Uh, apart from that, working hard. Wearing your excellent mummy jumper. Thank you. I wear a jumper that says mummy on it in kind of Halloween writing. Yeah. And uh, my daughter has one that says boo. And her Aww. dad has one that says daddy because they were our Halloween jumpers. <laughs> Good. This week, periods. Yes. What? Where are you at on your period? Uh, I just finished mine. I've just been fighting in the last few days. That means you're feeling pumped. I'm feeling pumped. Uh, probably ovulating around about now. Oh. Yeah, ovulating seem- so soon? Yeah, I tend to ovulate quite quickly after I've had my period. As I've noticed when I got pregnant, it was more or less straight after a period. So Interesting. Interesting. You've been pregnant? Yes. I have a, I'm an almost five-year-old. She's mm. five next week. Mm. Mental. Yes. Yes. That's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. What, what yeah. are you going to do for her birthday? Uh, I've taken the day off my busy, busy fringe job. All my emails can wait. Uh, we don't have any plans for the actual day. I'm sure we'll make some plans as we can. But <gasps> yeah. yeah. And then the next day she's got a visit at her school, which oh I'm taking her to. So that's also very exciting. That's Yay. very exciting. What about you? What have you been up to? You were back home from Greece. Greece. How was Greece? Me and my husband went to Greece to see you his family. I know. Yeah, yeah. It was nice. So it was weird. hot. I was right. working a lot. I know it was hot. I was working a lot. It was fresh prints. Yeah. Um, and the no, sunshine. Na, it na, was na, super na, nice. Na. It was really sunny. I got to swim in the sea Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, oh, Saturday, and Sunday. Nice. And on Sunday, he did the very sweet thing of I being like, "Can we swim in the sea today, please?" And he was like, "No, Mamika, we're back in Athens now." And we have to see people, and we both have to work to do, and we're boring again now. Boom. And then he got off the phone with his pal, and he was like, I've changed our plans. And I was like, come. And I was just trolling him with the, can we go to the sea? And he was like, actually, yes. Yay. Good and he drove me us. to a totally beautiful beach. I mean, so I'm in the sea. So that was nice. Um, yeah, it's just all like men, mad fringeness. Yes. Yes, we're both working very, very hard on the fringe. Me, actually, for the fringe office, uh, the media office, which is... Bonkers. Bonkers. 
course um, I'm on the other side of it all now it's like being it's like yeah it's like being in the give period of your period the yes. whole time of your yes. cycle the whole time mm-hmm. so periods yes. this week I chat to Lucy Peach Woo who is was introduced to me by Offer from Hot Brown Honey, who we have still yet to pin down. But, but that was when one it, of our many mentions of Hot Brown Honey. <laughs> Fortnightly <laughs> mention of the girls. Um, yes, so uh, Offer introduced me to Lucy, who has a show. She is a kind of folk pop singer. Listen to her on Spotify, just look up Lucy Peach. Oh, it's dreamy. Um, and her and her husband made a show... Um, about the period cycle mm-hmm. and how to harness your period power. Yeah. And I think there are two really important things to say, which is one, period is maligned and that's bullshit. Two, obviously, if there are other pre-existing things going on, of course you can't literally harness your period power because if you have chronic pain or you're poorly or whatever, like other things are going on in your yes, body. exactly. But in a regular month where you're getting on with your life, there are so many things that you can do to sensibly manage your cycle yes you know like if you know you're going to be premenstrual and grumpy take tell people to either bring you cake or to book in with you in the next week all these wonderful mm-hmm. sensible things yes. so two things um on the listing you can go and watch lucy's ted talk which is like a tiny little magical and version of her show it's a really good TED so talk. good mm-hmm. it's just one of the best and and you can see richard who is um her husband doodling beautifully and um yeah this is a chat we had in the hour lead up to her show she was popping on her makeup we had a little chat about popping on makeup we talked about when you're 9 12 or 20 and someone says ah it's a bit late for you to do that now and you go yeah you're not fuck how dare you sir i you know if all's going well i'm gonna have 80 good years Mm -hmm. if i choose to do something when i'm 60 and i'm bloody good at it bite me this is why i love stories about people changing their career mm-hmm. like do you remember Kate Park at the Traverse she was like head of marketing mm. went off to become a midwife I love that story yep. I think it's great she was like I've done everything I want to do going to be a midwife now and we talk Amazing. a little bit about my obsession with the word the polymath which we often apply to men like Stephen Fry yes I'm not going to repeat what I say on the podcast but how polymath actually applies to so many of the people especially the Lucy Peaches of the creative industry where she has such a grounding scientific knowledge of human biology Mm -hmm. and she is interpreting that with her she's not interpreting that she's literally telling us about that but the interpretation is sold to us through her magical singing skills and Mm -hmm. i'm like that is a polymath that's the polymath i care about yeah and why if it's women's labor to be overlooked thank you thank you very much so without further ado it's lucy Peach. peach 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 you all right? Good morning. I mean, afternoon. It is afternoon. It is afternoon. Um, I'm sitting here on the floor in um, the Bright Elm Centre in Brighton with Lucy Peach. In the doghouse. In, in the doghouse. In the doghouse. And she's doing her makeup because she's got a show in an hour and ten minutes. What shall we talk about? Um, well, that was, a, that was a thing. She's just propped up her phone on, like facing camera to do her makeup and I was saying that's how drag queens and Betty Grumble do their makeup but on Instagram live mm. and they can like sit and chat sit and chat yeah and just ask multitask ask questions Hello. yep yeah because it is such an important part of performing or going on stage like it's I, you know it's such a nice a nice part of the process getting ready it's like you know when you you're getting ready to go to a party with your friends yeah and 
the getting ready part is actually sometimes more fun than the party. The party. Yeah, it's just annoying that you can't then decide not to go out. Yeah. Yeah. I before everyone started wearing glitter all the time. I used to have like epic get-togethers at the flat, and then we would go out to like a shit bar. But the whole flat and stairwell and like road away from the property would just be covered in glitter. Just a trail. Yeah, we make mojitos, and it would be the dream. That's awesome. Then we go out to the bar and be like, why do we have to pay for mojitos? I'm five pounds. Oh, I've got a terrible story along that vein that I can just... I remember getting ready, music, dancing, having a great time with all my friends, and then I woke up in the next morning and I just felt really good. I felt like I had a great sleep, but I couldn't really remember what had happened. And it was because I got so pissed that, that it had to put me to bed and I hadn't even gone out. Oh, so I just lived you, the dream. You I just do the bonus. skipped the crap bit and went to bed and then, yeah. Beautiful. Um, should we talk about periods? Yeah, okay. Um, so Lucy, right, well, and I also want to talk about the music industry and being a woman. Oh, yeah. Because you, that's your job as well. Mm, mm. Um, I think my new favourite word, and I was annoyed because like about 10 years ago, people used to be like, Stephen Fry, what a wonderful polymath. And I'm like, look, right, Stephen Fry, well done for using that long word. But the reason Stephen Fry knows all them long words and tells people to call him them long words is because he's very privileged and has had time to sit and read loads of books and obviously mm. has a photographic memory, which yeah. is l- great. For him. For him. Yeah. And then when he was like, oh, I realised I was like overweight and I probably wasn't looking after myself, I discovered audiobooks and would go on long walks. And I'm like, again, Stephen... No one else has the time yeah. to just take an afternoon and go and listen to a book and learn and then remember it all. Um, but I think uh, it's an underused word in, in showbiz. What's that polymath? Mm. What, I don't know what So polymath, polymath is. is like someone who basically like multi-skilled. Okay, right. Tweet in if that's wrong. But it's like, yeah, so you don't have one specific skill set. You have lots. Yes. And sometimes they're overlaps and sometimes they're completely different things. And so you just said you feel like that's more common in showbiz or it's not spoken about in showbiz, yeah. but it is. You, oh, for sure. Like people be like, oh, no, 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 but she's a singer, so she can't do that. Yeah. And you're like, well, yeah, they yeah. can. Yeah. So like, where, um, maybe we should talk about um, my greatest period ever and your period work and your book and stuff. And how that's a combination of my polymathness. Yes. So... I, you know, I, I always feel like I speak to, you know, young women in particular and they're maybe 17 or 18 and and they're like, oh, well, it's too late for me to do music or it's too late for me to do that because I haven't started and I haven't done it by the time I'm nine or... And I just, I think it's so hard when you're really young to know why you're doing anything, which is why you have to sort of just do what feels right and then trust that eventually all of those things are going to add up to something like being a polymath, I don't know. But so, yeah, my background was first in, I did biomed and human biology as an undergrad, um, primarily because I I had wanted to sing and I tried to be a singer. I had an audition for a choir because I thought that would be a good way to start. And I was 19 and I got there and I just didn't know what to do and the guy auditioning me was like 150 and it was in his dusty little flat and he said, no, you can't be in the choir. And I just thought, oh, well, 
he knows he's an expert so like I'll go and do biomed and human biology and so I did um, and then I um, did te- did honours and I did teaching and so I was a and then I got into sexual health so I was a sex ed teacher and then around the same time I, ha- I had a baby and um, and having a baby was what made me realise that I didn't need the permission of a 150 year old choir master to make music or to sing or to just you know use that part of myself and so I just auditioned for a band and I got in and so all the while I was kind of forging this career in folk music little bit by little bit um, and working in sexual health and you know you talked about Stephen Fry being really privileged to learn things that was exactly how I felt because I was paid to be in the largest sexual health library in the southern hemisphere and so I think lots of people don't even know there's such a thing as a sexual health library. I know, that you can actually go and access, you know what yeah. I mean? Sometimes it's not as simple as walking into a, a regular library because they're not as well staffed, but, you know, if you've got a question or you've got something that you want to... I mean, I guess, you know, now we've got Google, but that's sort of a double-edged sword. And if you're really wanting to get, you know, great information and research and literature and, you know, there's just a whole wealth of information. And, and so I read some fantastic books and just felt so lucky to be 27 and you know a new mother and learning about all these things that really empowered me and informed how I parented and conducted myself in relationships and and yeah and so one of the books that I read was about using a menstrual cycle and it was called The Optimised Woman by Miranda Gray and that's kind of what got me started and the main takeaway from that for me was that when you're premenstrual you can turn that energy into creativity. So that's a whole week of the month where you're just like ready to go. Yeah, because you kind of you're losing. <clears throat> excuse me. You lo- you've lost all of that hormonal buffer, and you're sort of worn down to the fundamental core of yourself. Your ability to really give a shit about what other people think, and to let that be a guide for how you should be in the world and whether you should look this way or that way or express yourself this way or that way, you kind of have zero fucks, you know, or you're working your way to having zero fucks. And so it's quite a liberating time to channel that into creativity because you're not as um, bound up by getting it right, you know what I mean? And that's something I really try and talk about a lot is, you know, when you're using that time to be creative, make a big mess, get it wrong stuff up you know and I think a lot of girls in particular are really sort of socialized to feel like we can't get it wrong and we have to do it Mm -hmm. perfect and we have to be good and right and nice and that is such a um a hindrance to really doing something creative because you know you've got to you've got to make a mess before you find the the good stuff you know and so yeah I, I I would use that time to write music and um and I wrote a whole bunch of songs and recorded them and put that out as a little EP. And um, and then basically I was making a music video with Richard Burney, my husband, and we were being helped out by a guy called Alan Gilrod, who used to be a clown in the Cirque du Soleil, he's about seven foot tall. And I was getting ready for this scene in the music video and I said to him, oh, I don't know what, lipstick I should wear because I'm I'm in my you know my expressive post ovulatory phase you know which I now call the giving phase he said what is this phase what are you talking about and I gave him a quick synopsis of how you can life hack your cycle 
and essentially that you know it's just like seasons and when you have your period it's like you're in winter you've got not a lot going on it's the time to rest to nurture yourself to really dream deeply because you're more in touch with you know your biggest deepest feelings and it's a good touchstone to get in touch with that before you rush off into a brand new month so time to dream and then as your estrogen levels begin to rise you're getting ready to ovulate that's a really productive energetic time where you you know you want to organize and make lists and just get sorted out and really kind of start putting all of those little seeds into the ground and going for it once estrogen peaks then you ovulate and then it's this sort of abundant time where you're still riding high on a lot of energy but you've got a, um, a greater drive to share it with other people so have your period, time to dream, getting ready to ovulate, time to do. After you've ovulated, it's time to give. And then that's a really fantastic time where you just feel like you're the queen of the world, everything for everybody. And it's quite hard to let that go yeah. when you move into being premenstrual because it's such a rude shock that actually you can't just keep pumping out the same level of productivity and emotional generosity. Um, because you're getting ready to let go again. And so that is the time to do something creative, to really tune into yourself before you, you know, get ready to surrender and do the whole thing again. So I gave him this little synopsis and he said, turn that into a show. And so I did, and it was basically half songs, half stories. And when I rehearsed it in front of Richard, he said, yeah, he said, look, it's really good, but it's a lot in there and you could just use a diagram or two. And I was like, well, I'm starting in two days, so can you just do me something? And he's like, well, I haven't really got any time. And I said, come on, just do your thing you do when you're being awesome and you do it really quickly. So he did, and we had one run through on the couch with him on a scrapbook and I just said, I love it, it's fantastic. And I kind of imagined he'd do this big, like butcher's paper scrapbook thing, but he ended up, he'd just bought a new iPad and had a fancy program on it. And then he could sort of do all this stuff in real time and be quite responsive. And actually I realized in retrospect, it was so great because he knew all about understanding the menstrual cycle and living with me, living with my cycle because he lived with me for three years and he was really an expert in his own right in bringing the male perspective to what it's like to understand that. So that's just, yeah, been quite a, quite a fun thing to do together. You say in the show about, um, and I would like to point out that I get the reference, uh, I'm living in a linear world and I am a linear girl. Yeah. <coughs> it's obviously Madonna. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't get enough of a laugh, but yeah. whatever. It's a good line. Um, I think that's such a huge thing for women in every sector, um, but we, you know, we're in uh, the arts, where the expectation like when Costas, one of the first arguments me and my husband had, mm. um, my husband and I, was when we were going to see a friend's show during the fringe. So we were both pretty stressed, Edinburgh. We were working in the same venue, and I mm. went to get him, and he just, he was so annoyed with me. He was trying to eat his food, and then he was going to meet me at the show, and I was like, just come with me now, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, and he said to me, look, Mimika, I am like this, I'm straight, and you are like this, and we're going to meet all the time because you're running past me. Oh. But you're not, you have to understand that I'm not. Yeah. And I love you being, but you're not. And then when you draw that diagram, that's exactly how he described it. Yeah. And I think it's something that we don't, it is, it is a gendered thing. It is also a not gendered thing. And I think that's such a fascinating thing about if we're presuming things in terms of binary male and female, that of course people will have personalities. There are women who are much more 
linear. That's right. Even with their cycle and yep. everything going on. And there are men who are much more... But, like, the acceptance of that is, like, quite a big... I think for women it's within them and it's ignored. Yes. And for men it's, well, I don't give a shit. Unless they choose to. And that's quite easy to accept that's how it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a default, isn't it? That everyone has to be the same all the time and that that's kind of the expected rhythm that is the right rhythm and to 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 detour from that is is an anomaly and that we're sort of the exception to the rule and I mean you can take that whole idea to the nth degree and you know think about how globally you know we used to have farms where you grew lots of different things and the earth would grow this for a while and then grow that for a while and it would have different nutrients and it would go through a cycle where it would get to rest and rejuvenate and you know be in the fallow and now you know when you think about I don't know corn for instance it's just like this super hard fast crop that kind of grows up sucks everything out and then they can't use that ground for the rest of the year and it turns into this dust bowl and it's just not in balance and it's not in sync and that whole idea of just being consistent all the time and expecting the same level of productivity all the time is you know we're starting to see everywhere it's just it's not actually sustainable it's not viable and it's dumb and, you know, there are plenty of countries who now are, you know, talking about, you know, the usefulness of having a four-day week, for instance, because they know that actually, even for men, that it's better that they have more rest. And that's really all this is about, is just like going with the flow, pardon the pun, because, you know, there's just, there's a time for things. And it's like, well, we can understand that with seasons. We can understand that there's a time for things to be, you know, more quiet and restful. We can understand there's a time to plant, there's a time to harvest, there's a time to, you know, collect all your last little nuts before, you know, you're going back in for the winter. We understand night and day. It's like, it's just so kind of weird, really, that we've we've lost that connection with women's bodies because, you know, we are the centre of life. We are where it all begins and, you know, the the harbinger of of. of of new life and and when you are more in tune with that and in touch with that then everything is just a little bit more in balance and you know I've spoken to a lot of men who um who completely relate to it and completely get it and this one older guy he had three teenage daughters and he said I know all this he said I know when it's my turn to make the dinner I know when it's time to kind of go on a marathon I know when it's time to get out of the way I know when it's time to ask her for ideas for me to lean Mm -hmm. on her for support and you know I know when it's time to put a movie on and break out the ice cream because he's used to being living more cyclically and can see the benefits you know and I think yeah it's it's hard yeah for us I think especially when you are coming into that and you're realizing well hey I'm not a fucking straight line um to then yeah reconcile that in relationships and I think that's the next frontier is like okay well this is all well and good to you know get a cat suit on and sing and dance about it but how do you actually practically take that into your life and 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 use that so that there is less of a a rub between the and the straight line because we both and it's communication really it's like you know how are you supposed to know um you know what's good for someone else if they don't tell you um, and I guess hopefully as time goes by you get better at reading each other and you know you know 
what's coming up and you can sort of plan for it a little bit and predict it and I wonder what part on a massive broad scale it has this knowledge has to play in um, like people's obsession with stopping women's bodies and women having autonomy yeah like if I mean all there are plenty of yeah, I think we just have to speak in positives. If all women are aware of what's going on and able to accept it and then pull the men and the people who aren't menstruating into their world, then slowly that can become quite powerful. Absolutely, and it's as simple as just saying, you know, hey, do you want to go to the pub tonight? And someone saying, do you know what, I'd really love to, but I'm day 26, I'm feeling a bit frazzled, it's not going to be a good time for me, but, you know maybe tomorrow we could go for a walk on the beach or maybe next week you know we can have a whatever and just kind of I think every time you do that every time you just sort of say and I I will actually do that if someone says to me how are you I'll say well I'm day six today so I've come out of my you know menstrual hibernation and I'm feeling a little bit sort of excited but also a bit tender and I'm just putting one foot in front of the other and I might not go into that much detail but every time I do that Mm -hmm. I'm just reframing it so it's like a way of connecting to that and giving another person permission to connect to themselves, whether they have a menstrual cycle or not. Because I think my utopian fantasy is that if women and people with cycles are all able to say, well, I'm on day this, so I need that, and I'm just going to skew my day a little bit to support that, then that gives everyone else permission, men included, to say, well, yeah, do you know what? I actually need to have a 10 minute rest or I need to go look at a tree for five seconds or I need to just have some deep breaths and you know have a glass of water or whatever it is that we're all just going to get better at being a little bit more in tune Mm. yeah taking time to think through it and it's awareness um in terms of and this is I think that something that all women are aware of from the old we like to joke on the podcast about female comedians well you're not funny love because you're a woman yeah through to like when we were on the pier last week with the greatest period ever board we had a big board I'll put a picture up yeah um someone said oh is that greatest period ever what um come on in or don't um In like ev- in every pursuit of like reaching a place where it's all gonna be okay, what do we do about the people that are so seriously misguided and angry? Do we just leave them, mm. or do we just like? Because that, I mean, that the whole the abortion stuff yesterday happening in America. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's. Where does that begin to shift where we actually, like... Because this is, it feels like a fundamental thing, accepting that mm. that is how women's bodies work and mm. that they do own them and they can do what they want with them. Mm. And it's really not a big, scary deal and it's not going to... Um, Wait, you're talking about cycles or I'm talking about everything. Yeah. Because I think in terms of, like, people, mostly men, like, responding badly to like a woman having her autonomy, whether yeah. it is a termination, whether it is saying, actually, I mm. have horrific periods, mm. I need mm. a day off work, mm. whether it is, um, you know, just day-to-day misogyny, uh, women being labelled a certain way, certain way because of, uh, in their industry, ev- like absolutely everything about the way that women are responded to, like, 
is there like hope in these movements or what do we do about these people like I often I do these little rambles around the middle of the podcast I often think about like it as dinosaurs like these men are gonna die yeah. we've got to wait a little while that's yeah. the problem and we can keep on working and changing things and I that I think that's one of the real like, moments I realized I was such a, like a politicized feminist that I was like I don't even know how to reach you yeah yeah and and I guess you know really I don't have and a lot of the women in their lives hey? and the women in I their know. lives who are so yeah blinded yeah. yeah by the nastiness they have to inhabit mm. I know and I think it's such a rejection of femininity and you know what it means to be a woman um and I guess all you can really do is give people an invitation and maybe some encouragement and you know one thing you know every time I get into an uber when I'm traveling with the show Mm -hmm. it's invariably a guy and they will invariably say what are you doing yeah and I will invariably say well I'm going to do a show and depending on how feisty I'm feeling I'll just sort of leave it at that but generally I I use it as practice right and so they'll say what's the show and I'll say well it's called my greatest period ever and I'm, I arrange my face so that it looks like I'm talking about my greatest period ever. I, and I really check to make sure that there's no apology, that there's no shame, that there's no sort of, I'm just going to dress this up a little bit oh, yeah, for you yeah, because yeah, yeah, you're yeah. a man and you might not like it and that would be terrible and I have to protect your man feelings. I just go, yeah, it's awesome. Do you want to know about it? And and. And every time they, they're like, well, okay, because if I set it up so that like yeah. this is a pretty great thing that's happening, it's a great place to be, do you want to come in and be a part of it? Then they're like, well, okay, you know. And I know a million percent acknowledge that, you know, that is not something that lots of people feel safe to do. And, you know, getting around in a sparkly red cat suit and, you know, it's like I'm putting myself in in a... I don't know what am I doing it's a mask or it's a it's a uniform if you like you know and yeah I mean and you're not you're not going to win over everybody and you can't give your pearls to pigs and all of those sort of oh that's a good saying pithy platitudes yeah don't what did my nanny used to say don't cast your pearls before swine yeah wow because you've only got so much energy right Mm -hmm. and you don't want to use that Oh, that's a wonderful phrase. Trying to polish a turd is another one for you. So I think, and to me, I've always seen my value as being useful for people who who are period curious. And they're on the edge and they're like, oh, what is all this about? And so for those ones that are kind of a little bit not sure, I'm like, hey, this is your place. I am your lady. Get on in here. We're going to make party and you're going to leave here just feeling like, okay, I I am it, you know? So I don't know. And I just, I, ho- I think it's a long bow, but my hope is that in speaking to people in that space, then they go out and just live their lives with a little bit more connection to who they are. And then that all makes a big, beautiful butterfly effect and, you know, Adly, bad nauseum, world peace. Yeah, but you've met lots of like periody people while you've been mm. in the south west yes, of I certainly the have. UK. Mm. How's that felt coming oh, over to amazing. another country and then people being like, "I do this too, but yes. I do this version of it." Yes, exactly, and it's really fantastic because I think, you know, in music, it's a bit more like 
I don't know. It's um, it has to be a little bit more contrived because you. It's I don't know. The industry is just so different to being in in this space, and there's never felt to me like there's any competition. It's like you know you could have poets and theatre makers and yoga teachers and life coaches and all of this sort of thing all working and doing their own version of of you know what it means to be celebrating women's cycles and it still wouldn't be too much you cannot actually oversaturate the market given that we've had thousands of years of shit canning women's bodies we kind of need all of that which is you know which is so amazing and I, I just I mean it's such an incredible time I think even in the three years since I've been doing the show the way that the conversation has changed the way that younger women in particular are just really taking this information and sucking it up and stitching it into themselves and really owning it and educating their partners and you know I spoke to these um two gorgeous young women and I've been sort of reading them bits of my book as sort of test subjects and they're so cute and one of them will come and she's premenstrual and she'll wear this like long black dress and the other one's you know in her doing phase she's getting ready to ovulate she's wearing like green hot pants and you know a tank top and she's just like yeah 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 and you know they said to me you know Lucy like we just we've been speaking about this and we can't imagine being with a boy who doesn't know where you are in your cycle and I'm just like you know picking my brain off the floor and thinking this is so excellent because that's what it takes yep. and 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 they don't they just assume that guys of their you know generation and age are going to be interested and want to know and um and give a shit and they do and it's just it's just such an exciting time because I, I just think, man, if we, you and I, Mim, had this conversation in 10 years' time, what is that going to look like? Yeah. What is that going to look like and what are all of those women um, doing now and what have they done with that with that wisdom? How is it, how has yeah. it impacted? And, like, the No Fucks Brigade is, like, really growing mm. apace. Like, there's um, My Favourite Murder, one of my favourite podcasts. There's one of their, like... Um, one of their slogans is fuck politeness. Yeah. Like, if you're not safe, don't be polite to someone. Yes. If yep. you don't feel safe, fine. It's not your job. Yes. And I think like that, the especially the young women who are listening to all of that advice are able to, and it, you know, it's bullshit. They're not behaving like mostly white men, but a lot of men have fear ever. They're, it, they're performing it a, a different way. Yes. They're going, sisterhood's important. Yes. Being listened to is important. Yeah. Explaining when I have the energy to do so is important. Yes. And what? Boundaries. And, like, this magical idea, like, I mean, that they don't... They might not have to have a career. Like, my first career could be this. Yes. And I could do that at the weekends. Or, I think... They don't need to be in a box. I would be interested in working this way around. And I think, again, at the moment, that's there's a level of privilege to have the the strength to go into that you know Absolutely. if you're coming in if you're coming into your adulthood broken or from That's poverty right. then it's yes. going to be harder but to see other people around you saying no let's help you patch this together the way you want to is yep. so important yeah and having having faith to do that to especially when you're young and you know you don't have as many incumbents hopefully but you yeah, you have more freedom, hopefully, to just feel your way a little bit and to just trust that eventually you will be able to patchwork it together 
um, and that that's what life really is 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 a collection of all the things that you've done that you know you've you've done because you've, you've felt right and you followed your heart and hopefully you've had some choice and yeah like you say not everybody has that but hopefully the more that more people have that the more that that can become more of a normalized way of being yeah and the um sometimes i heard sarah pascoe chatting to brian kimmings from phoenix i I think i told you about that podcast i should send it to you and sarah's a, um, a comic um from london and um she her dad was a jobbing musician and when she was like in her late teens she said i'm gonna start thinking about a backup in case i can't be an actor and a performer and he said don't have a backup and i quite liked the way i i I love that that her dad was like no you're good enough work for it it'll be fine don't have a backup because then you'll end up doing that and maybe that's how he felt but i think there's something wonderful about like your backup was biology yeah and now it's your job as a performer anyway yeah and if you hadn't spent all that time building all of that knowledge and sitting and teaching and learning that's right that's right and 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 having time to like stew in your yes, learning yes absolutely and yeah I, I knew that I loved that I loved human biology and I loved bodies and I loved being able to communicate about that and I think you know I did a lot of relief teaching and that's pretty performative I mean if you swan into a you know school as a relief teacher and you can't maintain their interest for more than nine seconds they eat you alive you know it's such a great training to I don't know be be in theatre because yeah theatre audiences are much kinder than relief classes so yeah like you say it it all it all kind of adds up and not doing something necessarily for a backup but um yeah just trying to follow that thread yeah not worrying about things needing to be a backup that they're all part of one whole but the one whole doesn't have to be one thing exactly you know, yep. things change and things shift. Yeah, and um, that's really the only constant, isn't it, that yep. we, we kind of know in today's world. Yeah, you've got to be your own constant. Yeah. Um, we should probably wrap up because you've got a show to do. What's yeah. next? You've got to get a book lipstick. published and all that? Oh, you've got to do lipstick. Yeah. got to do lipstick. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've... A line of lipsticks in all different menstrual blood colours I know well what I would love to do I'm just going to say this just to help make it happen by the way menstrual blood is red not blue that's true unless you're the queen yeah of course Um, I would like to start a menstrual fashion line so (gasps) phase one in your dream phase it's like just all about the muumuu and the kaftan you know fabulous like velvety deluxe kind of dressing gown kind of vibes week two time to do getting ready to ovulate um dungarees overalls power suits you belong in brighton and your dungarees i know i know the boiler suits and then phase three cat suits of course and then phase four capes just like big magic witchy capes that you can hide away in Yes. So anyway, that's just a little fantasy, but I have to go home and finish off writing this book, which is for young women. Um, Working title, Had a Period Like a Unicorn, possibly going to get benched. Um, But yeah, that's on the horizon and Richard and I are working on the documentary and um, yeah, working towards a utopian future of period positivity that... 
What's the documentary going to look like? Are you making it with an independent film company well, or are you just we're just stuff? chipping away at the moment, but essentially what we're doing is trying to um, convey a journey to understanding about the menstrual cycle and how to harness it. And every time we speak to somebody, we try and um, work out which phase they are most harnessing. So, for instance, we spoke to Gabby Medlin, who is the CEO of Bloody Good Period, and we had her pegged for being the giving queen, and she said, oh, no, no, I'm not the giving queen. I do. I am doing all the time so that everyone else can give, which was really interesting. And she talked about, you know, self-care and how she channels the fury of being premenstrual into activism and, um, yeah, really cool. Yep. Nice. Mm. Channeling fury. That's right. All right, lipstick time. Okay. You should wrap up. Thanks, Thanks for having pal. me. Thanks, pal. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. Oh, we're back. Yay. That was, was nice. That was good. It's nice to look at periods in a different way and not like, oh my God, the curse. Oh, well. The monthly curse. Her latest Insta post, which will be completely irrelevant if you listen to this in six months' time. Um, but you can look mid uh, to late June 2019 is a woman who messaged her saying, I've come off the pill. I've been on the pill for years mm. and I've just had my first period. And I didn't know who to tell. <laughs> tell so she Lucy messaged Peach. Lucy. Yeah. And I'm, it's, a, it's a funny thing. And I think also, like, definitely the science is correct, but the, also the psychology of it and the idea of... Um, adhering different ideas to your cycle and if any of that is like a placebo or a presumed you know what if it enables women to feel strong Mm -hmm. and able to protect themselves when they're not feeling so strong it doesn't fucking I mean it is science but Mm -hmm. it also doesn't fucking matter the any opportunity for people who have periods to harvest Mm -hmm during that time the strength within them mm-hmm. happy yeah yeah it's good well, happy. and it's also important to note that not everyone who rec- who is a woman has a period yeah or who identifies as a woman has yep. a period yeah all women have periods nope yeah. no that's inclusive language it's Thank not you very exclusive much. language um what are you pumped about what have you been reading what have you been doing oh my god well i've not finished game of thrones yet so no spoilers please thank you and i met up with a pal the other night and all they could talk about was Chernobyl. Oh, spoilers. oh hope you're well kip hope you're doing good uh everyone i know is talking about chernobyl right now and so i need to see it i just don't you know you're like i don't have the mental energy to deal with this right now um, i kind of liked it would be rubbish but yeah fine. But i would like to give a shout out to Tuka Bertie from the makers of Bojack Horseman. It's a new cartoon about two 20-something women. Well, in Bojack Horseman universe, one's like a Tuka's a toucan, and Bertie's like, oh, I can't remember what kind of animal she is, but their animals are kind of human slash animals, and it's great, and it's really fun and really surreal. Oh. All about growing up. What's it called? Tuka and Bertie, and it's Tuka on and Bertie, yes. and on Netflix. Yes from the makers of Bojack Horseman. I have almost finished reading All the Lives That I Want, which is a series <gasps> of essays yeah, by I Alana see, I Massey. Read that, I read that, yeah, yeah. It's got the glittery cover, hasn't it? Has it has a glittery yeah. cover. So the first chapter is about Winona Ryder versus Gwyneth. Are you a Winona or a Gwyneth? And I mm. liked it, but I, I worry that anyone reading it might be like, be like, well, actually, I was neither of those. It's not relevant to my interests. Yeah. I'm the same age as the writer. 
but one. It's a very good chapter, but mm-hmm. Jesus, as the book goes on, the Courtney Love chapter is extraordinary. In a good way? Yes. yes. Oh, they're good. The Anna Nicole Smith chapter is extraordinary. Mm-hmm. She basically cleans with bleach all the lies and debris mm. from the press and then yeah. presents actually what happened and then in some of them she presents kind of like a dreamscape or a witchy ideal of how that woman would have survived yeah. how she's been treated yeah. and it's absolute like it's imaginatively fabulous and it is just so warm and feminist and powerful that's so wonderful since a lot of the media and ergo the public have been hostile to these women. Yes. Indeed, Anna Nicole Smith oh, didn't make yeah. it after her son died. She never recovered. And no. with Courtney Love, you can't have a conversation with people about Courtney Love without people going, she killed Kill Kurt, Kurt, which she fucking didn't. But Can also, that right. And I'm sorry when people go, well, they might have heroin he had in his system. He shouldn't have been able to use a shotgun. It's like, but he was a long-term user of heroin. The amount he could take was far higher than you and I can take. And he could still be kind of compassmented. So enough of this. Enough. So look that up. And also, it's a bit like the um, Boudicca, What Would Boudicca Do book? Where you can sit Mm -hmm. and you can read a chapter, an essay, mm-hmm. completely standalone. You could have it like by the loo for yeah. a big poo. Yeah. Or you could have or just, it. Or if you just want some quiet time if you're a parent like me, you're like, well, Yeah, I'm if you know that you're only gonna get snatches you. of time, like it's beautifully delivered for you just to be able to like bosh a bookmark in there, mm-hmm. not gonna come back to it for a month, that is fine. Yeah. And you know, so it makes it kind of triple accessible. And it should be on every woman's fucking, every smart fucking, and because you know how much I love pop and nineties and noughties culture. Like, she does. Oh, I just she had a fresh Prince of Bel Air party for her twenty first. <laughs> so happy. Yeah, I've had that book on my to read list for about two years, which is about as long as it's been out in the world. So I need to, to read it. Yeah. So thank you very much to Harry Harris, who was like. Oh. Harry Harris, who's doing his final gig tonight. Uh, Yay! Well, he's got one more in Edinburgh next Friday night. For his With new album called There's I Feel Drunk all. all the Time. And it's bloody great. It's great. And this is, um, I've had two glasses of wine. I've so had half. This is my cover of Marathon, which Go on. is. Not oh, Marathon, no. Amazing. And it's bloody good. And also, like, he's a smart musician because. If you were doing a marathon, you would definitely want that to be like the song that and runs he, for the full three minutes as you've crossed the finishing and he's line a, he's and embrace your family. He does, he does run and jog, he does. And, and he's now, as I call him, the new edgier Harry Harris since he shaved his head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Harry, Harry Harris's evil twin, we love Barry, you. Harris. <laughs> Barry Harris. Um, so, Barry yeah, Harris. So, yeah, go do that. Also, me, Charlotte's playing in a uh, fucking summer hall next weekend, and I'm obsessed with her. Yay! She's very beautiful. Yeah. And a great musician. Oh, yeah, Harry Harris is doing Southern Exposure, isn't yep. he? Yeah. I'm working the bar at that. Come see me. Say hi. No discounts. So, Thanks. Come on, guys. <laughs> Harry Harris, <laughs> Trash Amy Taylor, all rolled into <laughs> one. I mean, to be honest, if you Twitter, I should probably meet you for a pint. Yeah. So, yeah. Harry the same. And if you come mm. and say, hey, what's popular? I'll say it's a pint of Volcano IPA. It's probably our most popular pint. Is it? Yep. Barney's beer. Oh, I feel like we've, we've slipped into advertising we again, have. so we need to claim some money yeah. from Summer Hall. Yeah, Barney's Summer beer. Hall beer. Thank you. Harry Harris, that's probably oh. you going platinum. The NHS siren. is also great. Yes, the NHS. That's the siren to end the podcast. That's the siren podcast ender. I'm going to go see fucking Rocket Man for yes, the second time tonight. Very, very better than Bohemian Rhapsody. Thank you. 
Okay, I'm very gonna swiftly, very gonna, I'm gonna swiftly turn off the recorder after this. Watch Bohemian Rhapsody on a plane. Nowhere near as big a fan of Queen as Amy. I was a massive fan and it was historically inaccurate. I bloody loved it. Brian May tried to defend the historical inaccuracy saying it was a film and I was like, damn you, Brian May. You hired a sexual offender to make a film to make you look good. <laughs> That's not even my line, Stuart Harris, to say that. Like, Brian May loves patches. He does. Okay, good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.